0: I'm Zari Alexandria, and you're listening to my episode of Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop
1: Nerd Lounge, the show where we share the stories of creatives to inspire fellow creatives. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Today, we explore the vibrant soundscape of indie songwriter Zari Alexandria. Zari, hailing from the dynamic Seattle Tacoma area, boldly identifies as a pop artist unafraid to experiment across genres. Her EPs, "Congratulations," "I'm Angry," and "Do You Like My Songwriting?" Take us on a sonic journey through pop, dance, R&B, and indie. In Zari Alexandria's third appearance on Pop Nerd Lounge, we explore her diverse influences, strategies for balancing college, work, and a music career, and her advocacy for ampli- three, two, one, and her advocacy for amplifying voices in minority communities. Join us for an engaging conversation with a rising star. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge. My guest today is Zari Alexandra. Zari, welcome back to the show. Yeah, round three. I'm so happy to be back. Yes, we're, we're happy to have you. We've got a lot of catching up to do. So I'm, I'm excited to get into it and unpack things. Yes, for sure. I'm excited, too. Well, I've had the pleasure and honor of speaking with you after you graduated high school, in your early stages of your collegiate career, and we're here now. I want to know what's the biggest change in your life that has happened since we last spoke.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because... Yeah. I mean, the first interview I did with you was my first two EPs ever. And one of them isn't even on streaming services anymore. So that's how that's how long ago it was. Jeez. I think the biggest change is how much my music has grown since I last talked to you for sure. Um, I released my EP Congratulations, I'm Angry a year ago. And I got so many opportunities because of it. I performed at Mopop. I've been booking gigs like I'm last time I talked to you I was just doing it as a hobby and now I'm a professional musician which is wild (laughs) so that's definitely the biggest change
1: so talk to me about transitioning from doing this as a hobby to professional because I heard through the grapevine you have a creative director now and you're booking gigs like you mentioned so talk to me about this transformation from hobby to professional artist
0: Yeah. um, Again, it was really Mopop that sealed the deal. Um, I applied just on a whim. A couple of friends recommended that I apply for their program Sound Off, And I got in and it's basically like a mentorship program and just an opportunity to perform in front of people and get that experience. And through that, I got several offers for shows. And Carly, who is my She's does everything for me because she she's a nursing major, so she likes to do creative things like on the side. So she thought helping me would be like a nice break from what she's doing in her career. And she was like, after seeing me at Mopop, she was like, "Let's do merch, let's do X Y Z, let's get the like, let's do a professional rollout." So between Mopop and getting extra help, it's just been wild and very like very fun and fulfilling too you spoke about mopop and i want to know
1: about the seattle tacoma area's music scene because i know when we think of music scenes we think of austin texas we think of nashville and tennessee or la even or nyc so tell me about the music scene in the seattle tacoma area and how
0: it's influenced your artist's career that is such a good question Um, The Seattle-Tacoma music scene is interesting because it's it's changed a lot because it used to be a lot of rock and grunge, and now it's more versatile. A lot of hip-hop R&B has been really big in the Seattle-Tacoma music scene, but also they just like any genre, which is helpful. So with the Seattle-Tacoma music scene, the versatility has been helpful with, like... Knowing what audience I'm going to be performing for and because I make such different music I'm like a genre fluid. I know that someone is going to like Something I make whether it's something on the ukulele or something with tracks So a a lot it's it's different than the like the california texas tennessee But I like the difference. I think the difference is helpful
1: We've got the chance to cover several of your projects on the show. And listening to your music over time, I can say that you are one of the artists that evolves your artistry, but you don't lose your artist identity. So what's something that you carry with you from project to project to let audience know that this is a Zari Alexandria project?
0: Another great question, Steph. Um, Wow. Yeah, because I think... My production has definitely changed over time, and that's just with getting skills and being more comfortable. But something that's always stuck with me um, and hasn't changed is my songwriting. Like all, I think that's very consistent. And even though my lyric system has changed, and depending on the genre I write, it sound like the lyrics might be different. I still include the storytelling element, and that's like something I am. I hold on to with all of my life, because if I'm not telling a story, there is there's no point. <laughs> there, there's, there's no point for me. And I think that's why people continue to listen to my music, even as it um, evolves, no matter what stage it's at, is because they like the story I'm telling, whether it's about a relationship or... Um, me being like yeah i'm so cool and so awesome there's always a a story (laughs) and that's what people like keeps uh people coming back which that's so that is my identity is really my song my songwriting, my lyricism
1: before i get into my next question this is just a random sidebar you remind me so much of a mutual that we have john lindell he just dropped cold classic which is phenomenal if you haven't listened yet listen to that project but you reminded me of him so much for the fact that you share so many commonalities like the whole storytelling thing that's his Mm -hmm. whole shtick on top of like great composition great producing great songwriting he knows storytelling and so do you just the way that you guys have such cohesive projects that tell a story Mm -hmm. from beginning to end i really respect that from you guys because that's something that not a lot of artists do today especially in the pop music scene oh for sure like pop music the way that it's structured today it's that you got to roll out music and um all these little like single releases become like an ep or become an album and they Mm -hmm. don't really like gel together. But you guys really show a story and a narrative from beginning to end. So
0: I just got to say, I respect that from you you. guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also because we both have theater backgrounds. That is a big part of our storytelling. And that's something that John and I have bonded over and talked about. Like, we we both did Seussical at one point, which I think is really funny. <laughs> so I think, like, bringing those elements, because especially, like, when he does, like, his overtures, which are so cool, or, like, adds, like, uh, these elements from other songs. Cult Classic, I, I love Opening Night, but I think cult cla- I like Cult Classic more just because of the the storytelling and like you can visualize everything with it and like that's what I aim with my music too is having that visual component that he executes so well Cult Classic is already my most listened to album of the year and it only came out less than a month ago So that's how much I respect John. And he really inspires me with, especially with my production too, and like learning all those skills as well. I've asked him questions on like, hey, how do I do this? And he's such a, like, he gives such great advice and is such a good mentor. And I mean, I wouldn't have found out about Pop Nerd Lounge if it weren't for him. So it's like a a good full circle moment. And I'm glad that you uh, think of John when you think of and listen to my music because that's just really cool. (laughs) I can nerd out about John all day, every day. (laughs) Yeah, same. You
1: guys are both brilliant. And you know what? Let's manifest this for the future. We really need to do a panel of you and John on an episode together. Can we do that, please? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. That would make my life. Oh, my God. Because we all need to nerd out. I swear to God, like all of us need to nerd out because I have that in my brain, too. And I was listening to, oh, my God, I can't remember who the guy I found on TikTok. I need to look him up, maybe like like, shout him out in the description of this episode, mm-hmm. but he was talking about this new wave in pop music now that we created this the thing called, like, cinematic pop, where you have people like Cody Fry and Jake who are creating these very visual, even though it's just, like, auditory, but you, you yes. create pictures with your music, and it's very cinematic. It, it reminds people of, like, um, you know, when John Williams is composing for, you know, me- movie scores and whatnot, right. but like translating that to pop. And I feel like you and John are the very same way. Like you guys are creating cinematic masterpieces through your music. And I'm just like, we need more people like that. Because I'm like, yes. that's the music that I'm drawn to. Absolutely.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. Cinematic pop. That is so interesting. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Especially again, with cult classic and like him having planning on having all those visuals and i definitely again love having a visual in mind when i make music and it's funny because my dad um this is the thing about my parents is like if they didn't think i was a good musician they would have told me like hey But maybe let's not have this as your career. But they are both big fans of my music. And something that my dad told me was when he listens to my music, he always has a picture in mind. He's like, I can envision this in a scene of a movie that's like X, Y, Z. And like he is very descriptive. And I'm like that if if my dad can visualize it, that means anyone can, (laughs) which that's that's the goal. So, yeah, I, I think cinematic pop is a perfect way to describe that
1: speaking of your music i want to talk about your two eps congratulations i'm angry and do you like my songwriting so let's kick it off with um congratulations i'm angry i love the track i'm doing fine it's like the penultimate song of the ep if you had to write it in a completely different genre what
0: style would you choose and why holy cow (laughs) wow that's so hard because the thing with I'm Doing Fine, it's it's such a, like, classic R&B sound. So if I had to write it in a different genre? Oh. Wow, Steph, you really, you really did well with this question. Um, if I had to write it in a new <laughs> genre, hmm. I'm, like, trying, like, not, my visualizing brain is coming into play now with this. This was just really funny. I would say... Okay, this sounds silly, but the first thing that came into my mind was country, which I don't write in, I don't, I've written a couple country songs just for fun that I don't know if will ever be released, but because of the lyricism and like the the slow tempo of it, I feel like it could translate well to a country song. So odd coming from me who who doesn't really dive into country, doesn't really listen to country, but I think that's the genre it could also be in.
1: And you know what the funny thing about country is, is that a lot of country is storytelling and they borrow yes. that a lot from R&B and rhythm and blues back in the day. And so you're not too far off. Like, I feel like that could carry over. Like, even sonically, I think could work for, oh, for sure, I'm doing fine as well. So, like, you're on to something. If we have a country version of I'm doing fine... <laughs> I'm going to be really impressed because that would be something. Oh, my gosh. A I would, side project. Yes. I'm curious to hear what that would sound like. Me oh, my too. gosh. No, now that you got my my brain tickling, I want to talk about your EP, Do You Like My Songwriting? And it has this whole cocky vibe going on, which I um, heard with your interview with uh, Good Noise podcast. Shout out to them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so where did that energy and
0: theme come from? Another great question. I think... That energy came from okay. Well, as I told uh, said on the Good Noise podcast, call me original was really like the the key factor in making that cocky vibe because I was out of it with my with my brain on on a lot of medication after a surgery. So I think, like, that was the foundation, and then I was able to write the other songs with that song in mind. And also, I just don't present myself as a very cocky person. I don't th- I don't think I am a cocky person. I'm very, like, I'm very humble, like, I am very respectful. So, like, showing, like, this other side of me was also something I wanted to try, and it's very, like, you can easily translate it to pop music and r&b music so i thought it was a good opportunity and something create like newly creative to try
1: was was there a song for that project that didn't make the ep or did every song that you had it kind of in mind for that particular project make the cut
0: yeah every song i had in mind did make it that's the thing i like about uh arranging eps is usually i i have write a few songs and then i'm like okay this is like i want this song this song this song this song and then that's it i don't even like i always have like this vision so i wrote what you wanted months before i was even thinking about an ep but i was like this is i feel like this still fits and then i wrote the three the three other songs well actually it was only supposed to be what you wanted call me original and no silver lining won't get any, wasn't even written when I was thinking about the EP. What happened was I wrote the song and liked it so much that I produced it, I like wrote it and then produced it the next day. And I was like, I'm just gonna add it on the EP because I think this is fantastic. Um, So no cuts, but an addition. Your EPs reflects growth and maturity in your production vocals
1: and lyrics, just like what we talked about, how you've been going through this evolution throughout your songwriting career. So could you share some specific experiences or influences that have contributed to your evolution and how you've grown as an artist?
0: Yeah, Um, I think in terms of production, it's definitely a lot of R&B music that has influenced me. Um, like SZA, for example, um, I can't pronounce this. Last. I think it's like Mac I- I Ayers, A Y R E S. I, if I butcher that, I'm so sorry. Uh, so a lot of like R and B styled music, and even though my production has changed, Adam Melcher, who I talk about. A lot it has still influenced me with my production because he produces everything himself now he used to not produce and now he is so like have like having him talk about hit like his production and his choices helps me especially with like vocal production and like layering and harmonies and again John Lindall production king (laughs) has influenced me a lot in terms of how how to make my, my sound more cohesive and just more solid instead of like very sporadic and things that I wasn't really grasping onto a couple years ago. In terms of lyrics, still Adam Melcher, Lizzie McAlpine is another good one. There's just a lot. I listen to so many artists and musicians. Oh, Boy Genius is another one too. I love Boy Genius and their lyricism is insane and their storytelling is so just chef's kiss. So they've inspired me a lot with the maturity of my lyrics too. I think also just me being older and not a teen and not a teenager has inspired me to write and mature write, write more mature subjects and have more growth as I am growing as a human being. (laughs) As an indie artist,
1: how do you navigate the challenges of self-promotion and gaining recognition in music? Because I know for a lot of emerging artists, that's something that is challenging to them. And trust me, if I was in the music industry, that's an area where I would struggle too. What has navigating that been like? And do you have any tips for people who may struggle with this?
0: Yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> it's really hard, especially because so many people want to be a musician and everyone like wants to put themselves out here. It's, it's just a big competition. And especially because I'm a black woman in the music industry, it's even harder. <laughs> So, uh my advice is just to like not stop, like keep posting those videos, promoting yourself, keep making like Instagrams, Instagram Reels and TikToks and whatnot because so- some people are going to see it and like it. I mean, I struggle with it because I'm a full-time college student and just don't have time, but if I had more time, I'd be posting non-stop and that's what everyone should be doing. Also, just when you're promoting yourself, make sure you're posting content that you like cuz my thing is if if i see it and i don't like it then why would i think other people would like it so having tr- trust your creative mindset as you would with your music with your promotional process also asking your friends like have like show them your videos or promotional stuff beforehand and being like hey what are your thoughts getting a second eye that's what i do with carly i have another friend named Allie who i also mentioned in my good noise podcast interview those two are like my go-to people with like proofing stuff because if they don't like it then i gotta try again
1: (laughs) hey nerds thank you for sticking around with us we hope you're enjoying the episodes so far
0: we're always looking to improve the show
1: so any and all feedback you can give us is greatly appreciated we're also constantly on the lookout for creatives to feature, so if you think you'd be perfect or know someone we should speak to, let us know. We can be reached over on our contact page at popnurtlounge.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. Speaking about content creation, it's become extremely important for artists. Uh, what strategies or platforms have you found most effective for sharing your music uh, and engaging with your audience online?
0: Great question. Uh, definitely Instagram. And I think what has helped me a lot is I'm I'm a communication major at my university. And I am I'm a content creator for um, my college. Uh, so learning the how the algorithm works through that job, which we mostly focus on Instagram has helped me figure out how to captivate an audience on my Instagram channel. So um and like different social media channels really but i found the most success on instagram because i feel like stories do well and then the algorithm is decent and then they still have the reels there's different like different places for people to find your stuff which i think is more helpful rather than tiktok which is very saturated with music or twitter where it's like very hit or miss which my Twitter I mostly just tweet for fun rather than promote my music because it's just so hard to uh, promote yourself on there so I think Instagram is definitely the way to go for me especially with what I've learned with my job the past few months.
1: Well speaking of Twitter I saw one of your tweets that I want to talk about because it's a topic that I feel closely about and it's you talked about parasocial friendships with artists I want you to elaborate on this topic because I have some thoughts too, but I want to hear what your opinion is because there are people out there that are like, oh, you're either way into too deep and you think you are actual friends with this artist or like, in, yeah, like just talk to me
0: about this subject because I feel passionate about it as well. Yeah, for sure. It's something I'm passionate about too, especially after having the connection I have with both John and Adam. I think... Being friends with artists is fine. I think it's where it's uh, like a major celebrity that people think they're friends with. That's kind of the issue because they really don't know who you are. Like if they like your comment, like you're not friends with them. If you've like actually had conversations with these people and like they know who you are, like um, and even it's it's very tricky, too, because with Adam, I feel like like he knows who I am. He knows what I do and I also like know who he is and what he does and like things about him. And it's still like still parasocial because he is an artist and like I am a fan and like it's weird. That's why I say parasocial besties cuz I feel like that's the best way to put it. Um and then with John, I feel like John John and I are friends. Uh he I he I am still a fan of his music but He's also a fan of my music, too, and we have, like, bonded and whatnot. So, I think the the line is very thin, but I feel like just a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm friends with this celebrity, but they don't, like, or this artist, and they don't know, they, the artist doesn't know anything about them. Meanwhile, I feel like with those relationships, they do know stuff about me, and they, so, yeah, it's just, it's very weird um, and then when I said in my tweet about like artists aren't your friends, that's not true because there are smaller artists that you can be friends with. And and I'm friends with I, it's different for me because I am a musician. So I'm, of course, I'm going to be friends with musicians, but I have friends who are also friends with musicians that aren't in the industry. So I feel like that tweet was weird and could have been more specific. But yeah, parasocial relationships is such a hard Thing to get around? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, absolutely. I I hundred percent agree with everything that you said. Because, like for example, um, somebody being like, "Oh, and besties with Taylor Swift," I'm like, "Girl, no, girl, girl. She's a. Not only is she a billionaire, she just got nominated for like six Grammys. And your besties with Taylor, like, not to say that it's not possible, but like, Paris, there's like a line. Like you said, it's a very thin line." Of like how far you can take it because some people get really dangerous with it. They're like mm-hmm. they're obsessive and not to not to like paint it in a negative picture. But like, mm-hmm. hey, I I obsess over people. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I call here's a here's a joke. I call Jackson Wang, who was like who was in the K-pop group uh, Got7. He's mm-hmm. a, a solo musician now. And I call him my fictional husband. I'm like, Jackson <laughs> Wang is my fictional husband. So, like, I, you know, I have my own quirks about it, too. But also, I'm realistic. I'm like, Psh, like, me and Jackson Wang? Like, I I don't officially think we're going to get married. And so right. there, there's so many, like, ins and outs about it. But, yeah, it was just so interesting to see that because I yeah. I have dealt with that over the years people have like roasted me for being like oh you're obsessed with the jonas brothers or oh you think you're gonna meet x y and z and i'm just like
0: hey chill out like i can like who i like you can like who you like let's just stay in our lanes like what's the problem with that yeah i think it's also like a matter of boundaries too like being realistic and boundaries like i'm not going to actually i adam has hung out with fans before but like it's in like a safe way Uh, like he doesn't no minors it's all adults but like if i'm gonna be like hey adam do you you have time to go to lunch and he says no i'm gonna be like all right cool we're gonna we're gonna stop i'm not gonna like keep going or um i'm trying to think like other instances but yeah it's like being realistic and also being respectful is such a big thing too i think like people don't Like respect just goes out the window for a lot of people in terms of parasocial relationships or any like any connection with like fans and artists like in like adam melcher's live chats you just have people like oh my god you're so high or blah 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 i'm like no that's weird don't like don't i'm so worried that because he, he both him and john have built these relationships. If people are weird, they're going to stop building relationships. And I think having connections with fans are important. It's just like, again, where do you draw the line? So yeah, I could talk about parasocial relationships all day, every day, especially as a communication major. (laughs) But yeah, I'll, I'll end it there. <laughs> oh, girl, you and me both. You
1: and me both. We could dive into this topic like oh, for, for sure. hours. Yeah. But let's bring it back to um, something I think you touched on earlier, was that you are balancing, you know, being a college student, you have work, you have got your personal life, and you're trying to be an artist at the same time. So, of course, burnout, we're going to talk about burnout. Yeah. How do you prevent or cope with burnout while
0: maintaining your artist productivity and passion for music? Mm-hmm. Uh, This is funny, because I actually talked to my therapist last week about burnout, because I I was feeling some of the symptoms. I think being aware of what burnout looks like for you is a a good starting place. Um, Something I've noticed is like, I don't want to do anything music related, or I just like lose motivation. And how I prevent it is just taking breaks. Breaks are so important. And I think, again, we're going to get... Into my com- communication stuff, but capitalism and like that, like expectation of working, working, working has been so driven into us, and especially because people aren't that worried about COVID anymore. It's like everyone is back to go, go, go. And I feel like taking even like a 10 minute break from what you're working on to do something you like, whether it's I like playing word games, like anagrams, um, <laughs> or like watching a YouTube video, or just like closing my eyes and relaxing for like a couple minutes instead of just doing bam, 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 bam. It's so helpful. So if you're gonna try to avoid burnout, just take a break. Go, go eat a snack. Go take a walk. It's, it's life changing. <laughs> like seriously. And I think, yeah, again, we're so, we're so in like work culture of just not stopping and because you don't want to stop that's what causes our burnout. And I know I'm doing a lot with I have two jobs, I'm a f- full-time student, I do music, I have a personal life and I should probably do less. So reevaluating how much you're doing is also probably helpful. Taking a break is definitely the first step.
1: I I hope people who are listening to that Uh, Rewind that back and listen to it again and just have that message embedded in their brain because it is such a good message to heed I know that like you said capitalism breeds this hustle culture Yeah, we've had that embedded in our brain since forever And i'm glad that people are starting to realize you can take breaks It's necessary to take breaks Mm -hmm. because of your health like not only your mental health but your physical health too You are going that candle is going to burn out Uh, Mm -hmm. Not pun intended, but that candle is going to burn out on both ends. And you really need to conserve yourself because, you know, if you're not there for yourself at the end of the day, who is there for you? Like, truly. And so, yeah, like, I I really hope that people understand that it is okay to take breaks. You have permission Mm Um, to take a break and so i hope that whoever is listening to this chat rewind that little bit back remind her last response back please because it is so important to hear zari giving
0: the wis- the wisdom gems here people so listen to that back. yeah i honestly <laughs> need to listen to myself more because i feel like especially in this time of the semester where like finals are coming up and like it's just grind time like i've always like I gotta do this or else i'm gonna miss my deadlines and stuff but taking that's why i'm not saying you have to take like an hour long break just taking a five to ten minute break set yourself a timer and then promise yourself to keep like keep going and or even just like standing up for a couple minutes after sitting down for a while and just like standing up and letting the blood flow through your body for a bit or yeah just like walking around the room i'm not even saying go outside and take a walk just like Reset before you dive back in Because then you're also It's not even just burnout It's also just like Lack of focus when you're doing The stuff that you need to do And that will also Lead to eventual burnout Because you're not focusing So yeah There's a lot of tips and tricks That I think everyone should follow Including myself So I will also be listening back to this Like this response To remind myself That I need to take breaks too And listen to my body And what I need (laughs)
1: Something important that I want to talk about is that you mentioned bringing more attention to artists in minority communities. Mm -hmm. Can you share your thoughts on the importance of diversity and inclusion in the music industry and the role that you are
0: hoping to play in that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've really been reflecting on how white the music industry is with the classes I'm taking now. Um, Along with being a communication major, I'm a gender sexuality race studies major. And a lot of the things we do is are just from white people. It's from capitalism, neoliberalism, from like colonialism. It's all these things. And that includes the music industry. And it's and it's getting better. But there's still so many things you can improve on. Like, allowing a black artist or songwriter into the writer's room, trusting a black person or black woman to like produce your music. I know quite a few black women producers that are just not getting any sort of love or attention because people are sticking with the white men. Like, let's not do that. And I feel like that's like smaller on a like the big scheme of things. I feel like a lot, there are a lot of producers and talent people that are just not taking the time to look outside of white people. They're not, or like, they're not even thinking about it. So in order, and then they'll be like, yeah, we're diverse and inclusive, but then still keep, they might have like one black person or like one Asian person, one like Latinx. And I was like, no, you gotta sit, like, take a step back. Look at who was on your team. And then, like again, it's the reevaluation. And I, again, this is something I can talk about all day as a black artist who f- I feel like, I if people gave me a chance, I could be in a better spot. But because I am, I have all of these different identities, and I have a lot of intersectionality. No one wants to. <laughs> so yeah, I think a lot of a lot of just people in the music industry need to actually see who they're incorporating in their in their groups, on their teams, whether that is the musicians, the songwriters, or even like the ARs, or like don't just hire a DEI person and call it a day. Like actually see who you're the people on all your sections of your team. I hope that makes sense. I got I, I kind of went on a ramble. <laughs>
1: No, You are preaching, girl. And uh, oh, my gosh, I could also speak on this topic for a lengthy amount of time, because that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my platform and with this show is Mm -hmm. not just having a specific subsect of people. It's like, if you are a creator, and you're passionate, it doesn't matter your gender, your ethnicity or whatever, like, as long as you're a good human being, come on the show. I want to promote right. more like, you know, non-binaries, more trans creatives. Like I want to promote more members of the minority community cuz I am a POC myself. And mm-hmm. so I feel like we have it shouldn't be our responsibility, but we have to um put in the work as as POCs and, and members of the minorities to really use what we have to make sure that we are making our industries and our crafts inclusive because I mean, like you said, you know what's funny about this is before we got hopped on, I was just doom scrolling on TikTok and mm-hmm. I found a girl who was talking about Esther Dean being one of the most prolific songwriters. Yes. And nobody knows, like, nobody knows that she was the one who created SNM, and she's singing it in Pitch Perfect. And nobody knows that she wrote for like M- Nicki Minaj and right Katie Perry. And I'm like, she is a big freaking deal. Like, yes. I would I would love to interview her at some point. Right. And um, it's just amazing that somebody will hear about Ryan's header, which he's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He's like legendary. He's a music h- hero of mine. But they'll hear about him, but they don't really know the power and the artistry that Esther Dean has. And so, yeah, right. really, I hopefully that this will be a talking point for people and hopefully it'll change in the future.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think... Yeah, I love Esther Dean. I I learned about her, I think, a couple of years ago. And like her catalog is insane. And people, yeah, like general, the general public always talks about these white people. Um, And like much love to Taylor Swift and XYZ. And also let's bring more attention to like minority artists, whether they are in the LGBTQ plus community or different races, ethnicities. And I think the thing is, too, um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about hypersexualization in media, especially in the music industry for one of my classes. And a lot of people think recognizing these minority groups is called, like, hypersexualizing them or, like, just saying, like, oh, they're hot," and blah, blah, blah. But, like, let's actually pay attention to the content they're creating instead of their appearance and things like that, because that's not recognition either. So, and that goes for every artist too not even like that goes to white artists and creatives too but it's it's especially a problem with minority groups so realizing how you're recognizing these people is an as another important factor on in the music industry as well
1: well zari i can't believe we're here we're at my final question for you which I mean, I could talk to you for hours. Seriously, like I could. (laughs) (laughs) We could geek out for hours, but I want to know, Zari, is being an artist your life's purpose?
0: Yes, that's an absolute yes. And I know this because I'm actually in a vocation program at my school where we every week we talk about purpose. And every time, like every day I'm realizing, yes, it is my purpose, my like, my point of being on Earth is to create, whether it is music or lyrics or, yeah, like, production lyrics, was just singing, or even, like, the videos I make for my jobs uh, with the content creation. My goal and, or my life passion and my purpose is to create for people and give that sort of entertainment and connection and, And all those happy sappy things. So in short, yes, that is why I'm here on this earth is to create.
1: (laughs) Zari, you are a phenomenal human being. I'm so appreciative that you got to sit in and I got to talk with you. I'm gonna turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listener where to find your music, where they can find you on social media, and anything else that you would like to say. So the floor is yours.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Steph, for having me on. I'm very happy to be back here again. For listeners, thank you all for listening. You can find me on social medias at Zari underscore Alexandria on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can find most of my music updates on Instagram. Uh, Make sure you stream both Congratulations, I'm Angry, and Do You Like My Songwriting on all streaming services? Spotify, Apple Music, etc. I think... Oh, I also have a website. Uh, you can I need to update? But ZariAlexandria.wordpress.com. You can learn more about me and what I do, and anything I have coming up for those uh, who are in the Seattle-Tacoma area. I'm kind of done for the rest of 2023, but I'm definitely going to pick it back up in 2024. I think. I think that's it. That's that's all I gotta say. Just thank you again. <laughs>
1: zari thank you so much for being here and uh yeah people find out where she is and and follow her on social media and just keep up with her music because it is phenomenal and you will not regret listening to zari's music
0: thank you (laughs) i really appreciate that
1: Special thanks to Zari for being this week's guest. If you want to learn more about Zari, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executively produced by Vico and Steph Pham. Vico serves as the creative director, and Steph Pham is the host and editor. To find out more information about Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you join us next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm your host, Steph Feo.